Is that comfortable for you, that height and everything? Yeah. You're good to go? So the whole Should time? I lower it? Um, yeah. Oh, that's going to sound so good for people. Yeah. I get very fidgety. I know. And so does everyone. And so that's the hard <laughs> part. It's like, that's part of why I was like, oh, I have to get a mic stand. I get I so fidgety. Just in life, I get super fidgety. Same girl. Same. It's probably all the caffeine we ingest. Maybe. <laughs> right now, that's good. probably the main thing. Mm-hmm. It's just two yeah. shots straight, <laughs> straight to the brain. Straight to the brain. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yeah. Shut up, Tara. <laughs> okay, here we go. Can't can't do this with your friend. Oh, hi. You're listening to Service from Hell, the podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky ones that got out and all the good, bad, and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I am actor and writer Kate Gaffney, and I'm uniquely qualified to discuss this as I currently work at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles. And at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me that you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So let's eat. I'd like to welcome our guest, Tara Robinson. Tara is an actor and producer originally from Fort Worth, Texas. She has way too many projects to mention, but you may have first seen her in the feature film, The Witch Files. You may have also caught her on Criminal Minds if you watched that recently or NCISLA. Good job, Kate. I'm really good at this intro. But in the future, if you tune into Station 19, you might see her cut her arm while holding her baby and bleeding profusely. I better know Tara from working together at a comedy club in Hollywood. Tara, please tell us about you and definitely include your origin story to Hollywood because I want to know how you did it when you were just a little baby when you moved out here. And I want to know everything about that. Guys, welcome Tara. Hi. Want to know about my little baby self? (laughs) Tiny Tara. A tiny Tara. Okay. Origin story. Yeah. So what got you out here? It needs to be more exciting. What got me out here? So I have family on both sides, on my mom and dad's side that have lived in LA for years and were in the industry. And I came out here when I was 16 to be in a video that my cousin Kevin directed with Allison Stoner. It was whenever the first big writer's strike happened and everyone was super frustrated. And so the two of them kind of got together and created this like super silly, fun, cheesy, like learn how to do these dance move things. And they asked me to come out and do like a little bit in it, which was super fun. And I immediately wanted to move out to LA that summer. I'd had a really shitty last year in Texas. My mom and I both had really rough times and weren't having, you know, too much fun with everything. And just decided that I think that was the last half of my junior year that I came out to LA to do that video. And then up until that point, I was like, no, I'm going to New York. I'm going to go be on Broadway and I'm going to do theater. And then I came out here and did that. And I was like, oh, never mind. I want to go to Los Angeles. I was like, I like this more. (laughs) And then we were moved out here that summer. So I moved out here when I was 17. And then I finished the little like I had like a couple of credits shy of graduating. So I just took those at like a charter school and then did that. And then I started going to acting classes with people that were much older than me. Mm. which I think benefited me in the long run. It was still very scary. I bet. Because you're going from, because I did musical theater and stuff growing up. And so it's all like kids stuff. So it's acting, but it's not like real. And I don't want to say it's not real acting, but it's not like the hard hitting, deep diving scene study, character driven stuff that you do when you get out here. And so I came out and, you know, was 17, 18 in a class full of people in their 20s and 30s, like learning how to do real scene work. And I cried every single class. Oh, my God. <laughs> like it was a problem. Because <laughs> would, I would literally, I could do a comedy and then we'd sit down for the critique and sitting there 
and having the whole class up there, I would be like, <laughs> start crying. Because I did not know how to be emotionally available at that time. And it was very scary. <laughs> what? As an actor, you need to be that way? That's so crazy. Weird. It's weird. It's like that's the only part of the job. <laughs> and I had a big problem with it. I think I'm getting nervous. I just got hot all of a sudden. I, I got a hot flash. She's taking off her jacket. Oh, um, Okay. So you, so you're in these acting classes. Now, are you like out here with that sole purpose? So you and your mom move out here and mm-hmm. you're, they're like, what you guys are like, we're acting or you're acting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Basically. So then, were you signed with a manager agent, anybody at the time? Nope. So you, wow. Good for you. Well, I didn't, well, I didn't get any real auditions for a long, like for, I mean, cause I was just in those acting classes for the first two years, probably, where that's literally all I did, where, you know, you have two classes a week. And on average, in the two years, two and a half years that I was with that teacher, I probably ended up doing about a scene a class on average. So I like busted my ass for that two, two and a half years, because that's really all I had going. And I needed that training because I didn't have that. I didn't have any foundation. I didn't have any technique of any kind. That wasn't, again, from like, you know, musical theater kids days. So I think I needed that kind of push and that technique and that drive to do that. And then I got, for a second, got a really shady manager through LA Casting. Of course, of course. And then when I first moved, oh no, there was something when I first, first moved out to LA where it was another shady thing where you, they, this agency wanted to sign you, but you had to go through this headshot company thing. And my mom, we didn't know any better. We should have just asked my family and they would have been like, no, don't do that. I'm interjecting here really quickly because yeah. for people who are not actors and don't live in LA or New York, um, or even now, I guess Chicago, Miami, whatever, d- don't jump up my ass. But for people that are not, <laughs> you're wrong, <laughs> aggressively in the industry, <laughs> what happens is LA casting is an online portal where you can submit yourself. But the problem with LA casting is that there's a lot of free projects and it's fine. Like it's legitimate now. And I don't want to like shit all over because someone from there could be listening. But it didn't I w- used to be though. That anybody yeah. that works there now can say, it did not used to be as legit as it is now. It used to be real shady. Yeah. Uh, who cares about keeping it PG? Like porn and stuff was yeah. on there and under the guise of, oh no, this is a real audition. Like yeah. my very first real audition, quote unquote, in Los Angeles when I lived here was ended up being a porn. And I was like, oh my God. And thank God my roommate at the time was a working actor because he was like, hell no, I'm going with Don't you. Don't do it. Don't yeah. do it. Yeah. But okay. So yeah, that, so that's the thing about LA casting. But also what is on LA casting is like, oh, I'm a photographer and I want to like up my portfolio. So mm-hmm. like, I'm going to shoot your headshots for free, but like you got to come to my weird apartment in the middle of the valley. And like, Ugh. and when you're young, yeah. I mean, or really green yeah. in the industry, you're like, oh, sweet. Well, and luckily that wasn't, uh, luckily with this, it wasn't that shady. Like this guy was a legitimate photographer and he had a whole thing and it was just the agency was in the same building. So it was literally mm. like, hey, I'm going to sign this person and then they're going to pay you $700. So we're, you know, we're helping each other get money essentially. And this is the same thing as like, okay, this for, for non entertainment people, this would be the same thing. If your dentist was in the same building as an orthodontist who specialized in correct, I don't know, braces say. Yeah. And it's like, weirdly, this dentist will totally take care of you. And oh my gosh, your teeth look amazing, but you definitely need braces. And I have this person yeah. and you can just walk and down And they're the, the only person for the job. Don't mm-hmm. do your own research and find someone else because Never. this is the only person you can use. Oh, it's so it was, annoying. Yeah. 
So the, the first time I legitimately had an agent, it was my aunt. So my aunt... <laughs> Kate Borden. <laughs> I did not. I'm trying to move the microphone because like, this is what happens when you make a podcast on your own. They're like, <laughs> every sound is audible. I'm like moving the mic stand. I get a mic stand to address one issue. I get up and I'm like, Tara, keep talking. Cover, cover up my air. I'm trying so hard to, to talk normally as she's creeping over to move the mic stand. And I move the mic stand and then I go to sit back down and the chair is really loud. And that's you what farted. You <laughs> I did. That's what everybody just heard. Oh, I'm single. Mm. Go ahead. So, okay. Um, so, so when I was about 20, my aunt started an agency. Amazing. So I was very, very fucking lucky. Yes. Because I was extremely spoiled and I was with her for about six years before she and her partner decided to dissolve the agency and she moved back to Kansas, which made me very sad. Yeah. Because they got me a lot of really good, really good opportunities that I technically should not have gotten with nothing on my resume. Like the first, the first real big audition that I ever went on was for Neighbors, the movie with Zac Efron Holy and Seth shit. Rogen. And it was for the character that ended up completely changing, but it was for uh, what would have been Zac Efron's girlfriend. And again, they asked for like a Rebel Wilson, Melissa McCarthy-esque type. And I walk in being an average size person and I'm the smallest girl there. Yeah. And which is whatever. Fine, I get it. But so that was honestly to this day one of the best auditions, if not the best audition I have ever had in my life. Really? It was fantastic. We did like the scene was super fun. It was she was a super crude fun, just like said whatever was on her mind type character. And it was so like it would have been if they had kept it as it was, it would have been a breakout role like Pitch Perfect was for Rebel Wilson or like Bridesmaids was for Melissa McCarthy, like that type of character. Sure. And like you had to improv during the audition, which I was super scared about, but ended up being fine because I just let myself like it was one of those things where I was sitting outside of the audition room and I was like, what do you just fucking do it? Shut up. Just do it. And so I did it. And then that I ended up getting I went to the callback and that's when I knew something kinky was up because every other girl that was there for a callback for the same role looked like a model. Oh. And I was like, Oh, cool. So <laughs> I'm assuming you guys don't really know what you want because why the fuck am I here? And then they had, it was, I think I've told you, so it was a whole thing where it's like they had me stay because they printed out. It was, it was a great, again, very spoiled for my first real audition experience. And then got to like sit in there with like the casting director and the producer and the, and the director. And they kind of asked me a little bit about myself and then I ended up being pinned for it. So for non-industry people, that means um, what? Please explain that. Um, Essentially, it means that they want you to block out the dates of filming. And it's essentially between you and a handful of other people. like Less than five. Less than five other people. And they kind of have a roster of who they prefer. So it's like, if you're number one on the list, if you can't do it, then they go to number Number two. two. But they keep everyone blocked out so that they're not scrambling last minute to find someone. So they protect themselves. So as an actor, you are, if you get pinned, you're like, oh my God. And you yeah. try not to let your hope get ahead of you. Cause yeah. you're like, okay, but it still doesn't mean I booked. Maybe I didn't yeah. I don't know. But of course your brain is thinking, oh yeah, baby. You're, you're immediately thinking of every possibility that could happen ever. Yeah. And of course, so what ended up happening is that I didn't get it. They ended up cutting down the role to the smallest it could possibly be casting a super hot girl. They made her a super stereotypical sorority type and then made the role as small as possible which was fine by me because it's one of those things where it's not 
I didn't see a clone of myself on screen. That's when it sucks. Oh, it's worse. It's so it's, much worse. It's so much worse when you're like, ah, oh, fuck. They were just better than I was. I can't think of another reason. That they would have booked and I didn't. Yeah. And then this one is literally like, oh, well, no, I can't play the stereotypical sorority girl. That girl can. Like, if I'm, if you're going to pair me, it's, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not hideous. No, but like the, yeah, in at the, all, Tara's very pretty, but, but she's normal size. But I'm just, yeah, I'm just a normal fucking person. <laughs> but in the in the movie world and the type of character that Zac Efron was playing, if you're gonna pair me with him in that type of movie, you need an explanation. You can't just throw me in there and not explain like, uh, but what? Excuse me, <laughs> this doesn't make sense. <laughs> so I was, so that was fine, but. Again, it's one of those things, I'm rambling on about it, but that was something where it um, kind of set me up for, and it didn't set me up for failure, but again, I was just very, very spoiled that that was one of the first things out of the gate, and that happened, and then, you know, but then they, uh, so they, I was with her for about six years, and then I was with my old manager for about two years, and then they both, in the same year, decided to dissolve their companies. Doesn't that which doesn't, was, doesn't feel good. Which sucked, but <laughs> <laughs> that's not fun. And for any again, not industry. That's not what this podcast is. But I don't want people to be confused. No, yeah. Um, when when like an agent or manager dissolves their company, that means you no longer have representation, and you hope that they then have a friendly relationship with another agency yep. or another management company where they can just be like, hey, they're going to absorb my client roster. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't often happen. And also, like, that company didn't pick you. You're being absorbed. And so you're not top of the heap. Like, yeah. you're, you just kind of go to the bottom and eventually they drop you. Usually. Which, yeah, which is kind of the struggle I'm having. I, so I was able to sign with new reps this year. But it's whoop, whoop. the same struggle that I'm having. Again, it was just I was in a very special. I had a very special experience and a special relationship. Well, obviously, my aunt was my agent, so yeah, that's your that's family. That's family. Very different. And then my manager was a woman who was the mother of a girl I did the Witch Files with, uh, the feature film where he shot in Maine on location for a month, and she was out there. So I literally spent a month with her on set before really finding out that she was a manager and talking with her when we got back. So that was another thing where it was like a very familial relationship. And then so to go from that to like something that's more sterile, my br- I, there's part of me that's like, but wait, no, no, but... Yeah. But this isn't how this goes. You don't want me to text you after every audition and tell you how it went? Like, there's the, like, <laughs> oh, gosh, that'll like, ruin what you. What do you mean? You don't you, care? Do you not care about it? I got a haircut. Do you not want I to hear about it? it? I think I might get my hair colored. Do you want to talk to me about it? <laughs> and they're like, no, we actually don't. <laughs> like, we don't give a shit. Just, and I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, okay. Well, my manager just sent me a thing the other day. I don't know if I told you this, where it was for like a little bit part and like a modified low budget thing, which is again, it's great. I'll fucking take it. That's fine. But they asked for, I was like looking through it again. And first of all, the breakdown said 34 to 37. And I was like, Tara "Ah, looks maybe 25. ah, Like maybe, maybe you're just looking for options. That's fine. That happened. But there, there, there's always that part of you. That's like, excuse me. I do not know. Not yet. (laughs) Um, but I looked through it and it said, it's a, they're, it said they're looking for New York local hires only. Do you have? Would do you have yourself listed as a no. local hire? Oh, that's weird. And so I reached, and they're my managers, which I'm like, they you're should supposed to be a know little more hands on. I was like, hey, I don't live in New York. I don't live in New York, and I was like, this looks like it's gonna be a three day shoot max. I'm not flying. flying. I'm not booking my own ticket to New York and paying for a hotel. So for that's three days. Like that's that would make I would make negative money, and yeah. I feel 
grateful enough that right now I have a handful of like decent enough things on my resume that I'm not, I don't need that. I don't need to lose money for this bit. If it was the lead, sure. Sure. Hands down, I would do it. I would figure it out. But this is a two day shoot with someone where you're, you've asked the person to be heavier like on the breakdown, you've asked for a heavier set person. And then in the script, there's a scene where they're going back and forth, shoving a donut in their face. And I was like, I, I don't want to do no, that. No, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Because like, then it's poking fun and it's like, exactly. that's not, yeah. That there, there's a good. purpose for it and you don't, I just want it to not be commented on because there would yeah. be no problem. But the second, and it's so frustrating, the second you add something like that in, it changes the perspective of the character completely. Well, sure. It's because like, why do they need to be shoving a donut down their face right then? Yeah, and their intention becomes totally different. Yeah. The motivation is different. That everything is different, mm-hmm. and that's tough. Anyways. Okay. Anyways. So, that's okay. Shut um, me up anytime. No, I'm not going to shut you up, but we are going to pause for a break. No. <laughs> Thanks, Tara. I'm sorry that I kept on talking. No, I wanted you to. I know, but I tend to go on France. <laughs> That's why I've, you're a guest for a reason. Well, we're back, guys. Yay. We're back. <laughs> um, and so that was your appetizers. I hope you enjoyed your nachos and your mozzarella sticks. Yum. Getting to know our I guest, love mozzarella sticks. I know you do. That's why I said it. Uh, so mm. let's eat. It's time for the entrees. Nom, 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 nom. Does that so, sound nice to people? If, I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you could just keep doing that, that nom, would be nom, amazing. Nom. All right, so it is now time for the super speedy speed round of questions. Okay. So Tara, yeah, um, what was your first job ever? Ooh, uh, when I was sixteen and was old enough to get a job, I worked the food and like concession stand at Casa Manana, the theater that I did a bunch of shows at. Oh, that's fun. On days that I wasn't working. Okay, that's fun. In the um, show. <laughs> <laughs> How many customer service jobs have you had? Uh, actually not that many in Texas. It was just Casa Manana working the concessions. And then in LA, it was, I was at Starbucks for seven years. I was at the counter for five years and then I'm at the comedy club now and I've been there for four years. Okay. So I've had, but I, it's just, I've stayed where I've been for a while. Okay. So it feels like it's been a lot more than it actually has. So you like sort of wife up to the job. You're I like, do. I'm married to I've, this job. I do okay. have a tendency to do that. That's okay. Um, what was your favorite job ever? Besides acting. Acting's off the table. Yeah. I mean, out of all of those, the comedy club for sure. Really? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Wow, that's interesting. Okay. <laughs> I have some thoughts. <laughs> what was your least some questions? Some questions? Least favorite. Ooh, it's a toss up. If we're strictly customer service stuff, it's a toss up between. I mean, that's only other two options. It's a toss up between the only other (laughs) jobs that I've had is the Starbucks (laughs) or the counter for different reasons. I think overall the the count. No, the counter. Okay. Because at Starbucks, I could get free food. The the counter, you got nothing free. No, we didn't. We used to get 50% off meals and then they decided to um, give us 25% off meals. That's great how yep. generous and benevolent for them to what sucks though is that the food was so good that, that you, you wanted would to eat that you would i you would spend the majority of the money you made the shift oh really or not maybe not the majority that's that's stretching it a little bit but yeah but i remember i remember working at the counter if you walked away with a hundred dollars it was a good shift and okay so anywhere else in the country minus maybe new york 
that would be a really like yeah. livable income if you're making a hundred bucks a shift working like four shifts a week. Like that's not, that's not an insanely low amount of money, mm-hmm. but out here it's like, impossible. It's impossible. Even, yeah. if, even if you're working six shifts a week, if you're only making a hundred bucks a shift, mm-hmm. you can't, that's, that's, I mean, it's going to be three weeks before you have rent Yeah, and then that's it. And that was when I, the thing is at the counter, I worked pretty much every position front of house that you could. So I started off there as a host, worked my way up to doing like takeout restaurant. They called it RA, like restaurant assistant, where you pretty much just ran around whatever they try to make it sound fancy. Um, And then you had the floor servers and then you had the counter server. And the counter servers usually made a little bit more money because there were only two per day. So you had a longer shift and you got tip outs from the bar because you were you were the one who made the poured the wine and the beer for people or made milkshakes. You got tip outs from that from the other servers. But it was it would get hectic. And then but I also worked Expo, which God bless anybody in Expo worked at the counter. The thing with the counter is that it's a build your own burger restaurant. So literally every ticket was different. Oh, my God. And that was an interest that to me was the first thing of really kind of bridging because it happens where we work now too, where there's kind of like an us versus them mentality with the wait staff and then the door guys. And there right now, I especially feel kind of in the middle in between and understanding both sides. And that's 100% how I felt at the counter when I was working there. Was just that you felt in between? Yeah, I felt in between because working expo, you're you're having to be the communication with the kitchen and the servers because you see both sides. There's someone who's like, I rang that in five minutes ago. And it's like, bitch, it says right here on the ticket. It's been a minute. Calm the fuck down. Yeah. It's not their fault that you're cert- that your customer is being an asshole. See, and that's sort of where it stems from. We'll, we'll get into that. But like yeah. if a customer is running you ragged, like, yeah. you, you know, everybody. It affects everything. It affects everybody. It affects everybody, every position, because everybody becomes frustrated. Yeah. Because then you're trying to compensate for their needs. Okay, hold on. We're going to keep going with questions, and then we're going to come back to that. Yes. Um, what's the weirdest thing you've ever been asked whilst on the clock? Oh, no. What is it? <laughs> well, I mean, when it comes to, I like, and now, and it's, I, I've never really been asked anything too weird, but there's been like frustrating instances. So like. Please elaborate. So like at Starbucks, because things are, again, very, hot. you can change things however you want the amount of times that you would talk to someone and be like, okay, I want this drink and they would make it sound super complicated. And then I'd be like, okay, cool. So it's going to be this, this, and this, because that's, what's going to show up on your receipt. I want to make sure we're both on the same page. And they go, no, I want a mocha frappuccino with this. I want a frappuccino, coffee frappuccino with chocolate and with caramel drizzle and with this. And it's like, okay, so it's, on your thing, it's going to say a mocha. They're going to call out a mocha frappuccino. No, I don't want a mocha frappuccino oh, like that. When it comes to weird, it was, it's just the, like, listen to listen to the listen words, to the logic coming look, look. out of my face oh, right now. Oh my God. <laughs> or at the burger restaurant where people would be like, I want it medium, but I don't want any pink and be like, okay, well that's not, it's going to, that's, that's well done, but I don't want it burned. Didn't say burned. I said, well done. And it's, so it's not weird, but in that kind of frustrating, like, are you to listen, listen, use, I'm saying things and you're not listening. Yeah. That's very annoying. Um, okay. What incidents like with you have made the customer ask to speak to the manager or were there ever any, there's been a couple of times at the store where just, just because it's a two drink minimum, it's, that's always a thing where people are like, I, I got it. We got two drinks. And it's like, well, no, it's per person. It doesn't say that. Okay. Well, logically, 
let's just again logically why would there be a minimum per table how would they make any money yeah if there's 50 of you that literally makes zero sense and you're just and so that person they called over jody and they're like whatever and then they like wrote a yelp review about it oh i've been yelp reviewed too and it was and it was just like and they literally took a picture and then went through and did like a circle thing. And my favorite thing about it was there was the manager. They told me like, well, we're gold star yelpers and he's blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> the thing is, is like Yelp used to carry, like I worked somewhere where a Yelp review would get you pulled off the floor. Like that's what I, the counter was like. Yeah. Like if you, and, and I wish people understood that it's, it's less so now, maybe it's just because of where we work now, but also yeah. like, I think that the era of like, internet reviews being the thing that can take you down as an employee is sort of coming to a close. We're coming after people for other things now, which yeah. is actually good. So people are distracted with real issues, but I mean, most corporate chains folks, you should know this when you're writing a Yelp review and like, listen, I've written Yelp reviews that have not been positive when I've had, but I have to have had like short of the person putting hands on me, yeah. which almost happened in Vegas. Like oh, I don't, I, I won't write, anything negative because I know how hard it is for yeah. you and okay so in the Yelp review did you read it did you find it what, they yeah. said? what did they say they didn't I don't think they actually mentioned me by name oh see I've been named but out. but it was um it was just it was just saying like the server was it wasn't clear to us it's not clear on the door and they literally took a picture of when you walk into the first room and out front it says two, two drink, drink minimum, minimum and then circled it on their picture and was like this it's not clear and blah 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 it, it's just stuff like oh and then at and then at the counter i did get a yelp a bad yelp review from um a horrible man because <laughs> he got some food for takeout i guess it was wrong or something he came back and like i said something to him as a joke or not a joke but just like a lighthearted like sorry like we'll make sure we get it right this time that's all you said thing yeah something like that and he decided to take it as and she said that blah and took it as like i was being I don't know. However, he decided to take that moment. He took it and went crazy. But that was, again, another thing about the counter is that if you got a a bad write-up or a bad Yelp review that had your name in it, immediate write-up, no questions asked. And see, that's the thing. Like, that is an imbalance of power. Completely. And I think this is the thing, you know, I've talked to a couple guests on the show about the fact that, like, the tip system is flawed for this reason because the imbalance of power is... I kind of have to let you say and do a lot of things to me before I clap back because mm-hmm. if I don't, I can't pay my rent. Like yeah. that is such an extraordinarily imbalanced system. Yeah. And like, and I've also, well, we'll get into it in a second. Hold on. I'm going to see. I do this to myself all the time where I'm oh, like, and like, another thing. Oh, we could, I could go on for hours. <laughs> okay. So, so Yelp. Okay. So that got you. So that, so the speaking to the manager, that was the first one. So it was a two drink minimum. Do you have any other ones where they were like, what did you have any at Starbucks? Not really because you were a manager for the last, for the last few years that I worked there, I was a shift lead. Oh, so that you would be the so acting I, manager. Yeah, if the, if the store manager wasn't there, I was the one that they would talk to. And if there was ever a time that if there was ever a time that someone would complain about me, it was definitely during that time because <laughs> you <laughs> and, had had it and they could. Oh, yeah. No, I was I feel so bad for my friends that were there. I was a I was not a happy person. <laughs> Listen, working in coffee Starbucks is, like, is where people go to die. <laughs> I, but I would still prefer it over the counter, which is isn't that crazy? Says a lot. It says it says, you know why? Again, because I'll die, but I'll have free coffee. <laughs> 
<laughs> Tara is the same person that turned me on to something that this is going to, this is going to make anyone who's listening that goes to Starbucks and asks for this. Like now she and I go to various Starbucks before work and mm-hmm. like she'll get them or I'll get them. And we'll ask people like, Hey, do you know what an undertow is? Mm-hmm. And like, which Tara, what's in an undertow? Okay. So what an undertow is, um, if we're going to use Starbucks lingo, it's in a short cup and they're supposed to, people make it differently. This is not how it is done. I will tell you, this is how I was taught how to make it. It is one pump of vanilla, and then you put about an inch of half and half, and then you put two shots of espresso. You put a spoon in ice, and then you pour two shots of espresso over the cold spoon on top of the half and half. And so the purpose is that so that it cools off the espresso and kind of layers it on top of the cream, and then you just shoot it back. So you get the espresso, and then you get the cream and the vanilla. And it's very nice. I mean, they're so addicting. Like, yeah, damn Tara has gotten me addicted to these because she was like, you're welcome. Yeah, no, no. Shame on you. And so now we do them all the time now. But then like as soon as you shoot them, you're like jazzed and ready to go. But the the thing with so we would order those. And like both having been baristas, knowing that it's so annoying when someone comes in and is like, can I get this weird drink? Yeah. (laughs) And why did I bring this up? I brought this up for a purpose. I don't know. We get undertoes. There was some reason I brought this up. But can I say about saying a weird drink? Yeah. If you know what's in it, no problem. The main issue, because both of us, if someone is like, I don't know what an undertow is, I can tell you exactly how to you do literally it. I can just tell you exactly it. what's in it. Yeah. But people would come up being like, can I get this Frappuccino? And be like, what? It, well, can you tell me what's in it? We don't have, we don't yeah. really have like a secret menu. <laughs> it's like what people have made and posted online. And then people are like, oh, that's good. And then they come in assuming everyone knows it. Yeah. I, go, it, they're like, no, I don't know. I want the unicorn rainbow. Okay. And you're like, then, oh, well, then I can't help you. I don't know. You look it up and you tell me what's in it and and I'll I'll make make it. it. Yeah. The issue again, and I've said this so many times on this podcast, the issue is not that we don't want to give you the thing or do the nice thing for you or do the thing you've asked. It's when it becomes a production and you think you're the only table in the entire restaurant or you think you're the only person in the universe. Mm -hmm. Really? That's when we run into problems. Yeah. Okay. Back to questions. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) What was the last straw that got you out of the job at the counter? (laughs) (laughs) I like this story. Well, (laughs) so here's the thing. When I, my last six months working at the counter, I was still working at Starbucks and I had just started the job at the comedy club. So from August to December, I was working all three jobs. I would be at Starbucks from four to nine. I would be at the counter for like the day shift. So I'd be there from like 11 to four or 10 to three or whatever that was. And then I would be at the comedy club from like 8.15 to 2 a.m. So I was literally just taking naps. So I did that for about six months. How did you survive six months of that? I snapped. Uh, I, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't very well. <laughs> but six months, I would have been able to last six weeks, it was, maybe. It was hard, like, because I'd already started going through, like, one of those kind of depressed. Like, I was I was at my tail end with, the, with Starbucks because of all, all that, all bullshit of that, you know, um, corporation bullshit and then at the counter i was also at my wits end because the problem with the guys who so the counters are franchises and so the guys who owned the counter that i worked at also owned a second one they have never worked in a restaurant before in their lives they've never owned a restaurant before in their lives they're also very passive aggressive Mm. and don't like to confront people so it was a string of just passive aggressiveness 
and not really saying what an issue is. Like I definitely didn't have the best attitude whenever I walked in there because I was fucking tired. You had it. And also I was sick of them having me be expo because they quote unquote couldn't find anyone that could do it as fast as I could. And I was like, it's not, it's not rocket science. It bothers me so much because it's like, I know I have a tendency to want to be good at my job and I work really hard to be good at whatever job I have, but also I'm not fucking superwoman. That's not, it's reading what's on a ticket. Yeah. And making sure it's on the burger. That it's not that difficult. I mean, I, it's literally, not, a child could do it. Yeah, like if you're, why are you talking to me like I'm this amazing? Like they're like, oh, but you're just so good at it. I'm like, it's I condescending. Th- yeah, it's condescending. Yeah, and that's because they don't. They, they, you probably were good at it. To be fair, no, no, like, but I, most people would phone it in. Yeah, because they're like, it's expo. Who cares? Exactly. So they wouldn't. So it was. So what, what ended up happening with what well, that was my tail end at the counter was that I, nothing specific like crazy happened, but I just definitely wasn't in a great mood which i will say that's 100 on me but again they don't talk to you about it they have discussions amongst themselves and then something happens and they snap when you have zero idea what's coming so i guess something happened and they had decided without saying anything to me that they were done with me being tired or or being or whatever and put me on a week suspension with zero what's the word i'm looking for um explanation write-ups or Uh, like no warnings no write-ups no warnings no discussions, just immediate week suspension, which means a week of your income yeah. is now gone. And I, which... and I remember, or I think it was a week or two weeks, but I just remember being like, what the fuck? Yeah. And so they're like, we're going to take you off the floor. When you get back from suspension, we're going to have you work expo and then slowly work your way. And then when you're feeling better, work your way back to being on the floor as expo. That's a three hour shift. If you're working, cause I could only work the day shifts because I was working at the store at night. <sighs> So it, that's maybe three, four hours, four hours tops. And you you make maybe $10 out of tips. No, thanks. That you get. No, and thanks. The, and so I, so I came back and I was like, what the fuck is this? And then I told them, I, I was like, by the end of the year, I was like, I'm done by the end of the year. I was way too fucking nice. I said, I will stay and I will work expo because I know until you find someone, I will train whoever you need me to find because apparently it's so difficult. It's brain surgery. Yeah. So I will be there and I will train whoever you need me to train and I will work until the end of the year and then I'm done out. And then I remember having a discussion with one of the girls who is a server who became a manager. I remember like crying to her in the office because she was like, I don't know. I remember we had a discussion and she's like, honestly, I'm afraid one day you're not going to show up because you have zero, you have zero need to. And she's like, and I was like, well, and she's like, but I know you wouldn't do that. But yeah, she's like, but you. I'm afraid. And I'm like, that's yeah, exactly. Because I was like, well, f- I can't. I would feel too bad. Yeah. And that's the thing is they, they can exploit that. Exactly. Oh, they exploited the shit out of me. And granted, I let it happen because sure. I was like, no, it's, I'm, I'm going to feel too bad because it's not all of my friends are going to be affected. All of my friends and servers that have nothing to do what's happening. It's but this is between me and the owners who have they don't want to talk to me about it to the point that my last shift, one of the owners was working. He was managing that day and it was my last shift. And he was like, hey, so. I know, you know, it's been really great having you here. We've really appreciated everything you've done for us. I know the last few months have been, uh, and he kind of gave me, so at the beginning, he kind of gave me a hug and then he kind of started slowly backing away. And I, cause I was just staring at him like, uh huh, uh huh. And he's just sort of back. They've know they've been a little, uh, little weird guy. And then he kind of did like winking a gun. Yeah. Like a little gun thing, like, Ooh, and then backed into his office. And I was like, yes, yeah, you bitch. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know. I know what you've done and you know that I know. You know, it's funny. It makes me think of, um, this is, this is a side note about a coworker that Tara and I both had at the comedy club where we work, who our job is incredibly hard. We, you know, we turn the room twice in a night. It's you're dealing with just hundreds and hundreds of people. Like inevitably you're going to run into problems. So it is a very hard job, but she just decided she was done and like had had it with the with the whole place and decided that instead of getting her shifts covered so we were down like three or four people at the time do you remember who i'm talking about Uh and like Mm -hmm. she just decided she was done got no one to cover her shift so all of us were working like six shifts a week and that is that is about three too many there like most of us work about four or five but like you should really only be hovering at three because it's a really hard job And so it put all of us at like, some of us were going to be working like seven days in a row or something insane. And she just didn't understand why people were frustrated. And she, why is everybody being so mean? Yeah. And it was like, cause you left us high and dry. Like, and that's the thing is like, that's the difference between how you approach work versus how a lot of people, a lot of people approach work, especially in the restaurant industry, the way she does where it's like, Oh, I'm out. Like, I don't want to do this anymore without the consequence of now those shifts don't go away just cause you're not choosing to work them. Yeah. The amount of people showing up is now less change. Now we're down one. It's not like they're like, sorry, we had someone quit so we can only let in <laughs> the certain amount of people. We have 200 to close people. this section. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. They're still going to make their money. And it's not like the managers are getting on the floor, nope. rolling up their sleeves. And I wouldn't want them to. It would be a disaster. I wouldn't want them to. That was another thing at the counter that would happen. The Is managers, the would, managers step in. would go around and they would start taking your orders because they would get too antsy because someone was sitting there for five fucking seconds. Oh my god! Oh, it was so frustrating. I would, I would be. It was beyond. so frustrating. Yeah, and, and then if the order came out wrong, I can't be like, I would rather it be my fault. 100%. I'm that person. I would much rather if there's something wrong with your table or something came out wrong, I would rather it be my fault than have to be like, sorry, I wasn't here when your order happened. So, so I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. And that's the other thing with like working for people who have never worked in a restaurant industry, like saying that like the owners of the count of that particular branch, what would you call it? Branch franchise, that location, yeah, that location. Yeah, yeah of the counter, like, because they had never worked in the restaurant industry, like people do not understand Mm -hmm. how crucial that is to understanding anything Yeah, like, and what to tolerate and what not to tolerate. And like the low key sexual harassment that happens or the low, like all of the chaos, especially at a place like the counter where everything people are, and especially that location, it was in around a lot of hoity toity rich people. And who felt very entitled. entitled. And so it's like, I want to be able to say, like, if they say this is wrong because of this, I get to say, well, actually, we had that exact discussion where I said this was yeah. like where I told you that this was the case. Like we we, we actually talked we about this. We said it because like I would rather it just be like, I just need I'm someone where I would rather triple check with a person so yeah. that if something goes like I have something to go back to so that there's no assumptions. Yeah, I totally agree. OK, how many bodily. Wow, I can't I can't talk. How, how many, many bodily fluids have oh been God. on you whilst you've been on the clock? Oh, no. I know. Ew. I know. Well, <gasps> you, we work at the same place. I know what happens. I've been barfed on. Oh, God. No, I haven't. You haven't? No, thank God. Have I would step in it there or anything. Or no. Like walk through it. No. Have, have you seen it? No. Cause girl. I refuse. I run away. I will throw up. I had a girl in one of the rooms bar. I could see it coming. I told security three times and then my, I just happened to be walking past her table <gasps> and it was just all over the ground as I was walking by. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. That's on my pants. That's definitely no. on my pants. That I cannot believe no. I've worked there way less time than you. I cannot believe you've never had no. that. 
What about run away? If I smell it, I go opposite way. I don't go near it. I let someone else deal with it because I will throw up. Oh my God. Like I'm shocked. Well done you. Because I hate, I said, well done you. Because like, I I, hate, I hate vomit. Yeah. It makes me, I've got a higher tolerance now that I've been puked on so many times, but like, Uh, I can't believe you never have. uh, Never anything. No. Wow. At our comedy. Never. Well, congrats. At least not, maybe I blacked it out at some point. (laughs) No, (laughs) not if you puked on the foot. Yeah. You would have known. I definitely did. I do remember it was when I first started and I was working cover booth and there was, I remember (laughs) the door guy having to get whatever that stuff is that like dries it up because oh, there's an official name for it that yeah, I do not know. Whatever it is. Yeah. The dry vomit stuff. <laughs> That's the official name. Good <laughs> the job. The official Sarah. name. The dry vomit stuff. Um, and there was a girl at a table where they had all gotten well tequila shots. Oh, you're already a mess. It's gross. You're already a mess. Then and w- apparently what happened was that she took the shot, like leaned her head. She looked, so she like took the shot and then immediately went Bleh. the second she came back with it on the table. But the thing was, no one reacted. Oh, so God. it took a second because her friends didn't react. She didn't react. She was just like, I do this. I barf. Yeah. yeah and that's what her friend said, too. She's like, oh, that just happens sometimes. I'm so sorry. It's just, I I, I, how did, I'm sorry. We're not friends anymore. No. And also you've got that response chambered. That means this happens a lot. Yeah. Like, oh, this just happens. Sometimes. That was, but I, again, I didn't see it. They came and dealt with it. Cause I was like, nope, nope. Nope. So yeah, it's an interesting thing. Cause like it is technically, I guess we've all had experiences where we drank too much. So it isn't like, we're not saying these people are bad people, but it's no. also like, when you're a hot mess and you come into a place like that and like your friends, you have bad friends, first yeah. of all. And also, second of all, you want more? Yeah. Like you really think you need I don't think I don't think you should have it. I don't think you should have anymore. The other night I had something where there was a guy that I thought was gonna throw up because they drank before they came in and no. then I took their order. I they took their order and then as I was I brought up the tray and as I was dropping off other drinks, one of the guys stops me and he goes, Hey, hey, can we can we order? And I said, so, oh, you, you so I already took your t- order. You've done that. And I'm about to bring you your drinks. That process is like, over. Oh, and his friend was like laughing. And I said, should I bring you your drink? <laughs> no, <laughs> that happened five minutes ago. Like th- that exchange is over. Whatever. And then he was fine. But I was like, Oh, that's very annoying. So no vomit. Um, okay. Do you tip? I already know the answer to this, but I'm asking for the audience. Do I tip? Yeah. When you go out? Yeah. Okay. What's your percentage? I usually do 20% depending on, depending on the server, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. And it also varies if I'm doing cash or card. I hover at like 25. I'm just like, it takes a lot for you to get 20 and it takes even more for you to get less than that. Yeah. It depends on the situation because it's a, it's a thing where it's like, I always try to tip more, but I've also become like hyper. (sighs) No, I'm forgetting words. Sensitive. Not hypersensitive. Like, uh, um, oh, oh, um, criticism. Oh, I right, hit. Sorry, critical. I'm like okay. hitting the microphone. Okay. She's talking with her hands, folks. Remember. Sorry for that sound. Um, Hypercritical. Yes, thank you. Of Hypercritical. Because like, you know how hard our job is. That you're yeah. like, if people fuck it up, it. I hop, you're cer- like, how? yeah. There are certain things where it's just like I can understand a lot of things, but when you see someone being blatantly lazy or blatantly not doing their job yeah. for it, like that's different to me. Well, see, and I think that's why I get so over the top at our job because like you will never see, I mean, some of the girls are able to be on their phones. I don't know how, but for most of us, you see us literally sweating. Yeah. I don't. And I've, I've said to myself before, I'm like, if this person saw me on the goddamn, I don't know, on my phone or on the computer yeah. or just fucking around, I would totally understand mm-hmm. reacting. I totally, Totally. would get it 
but you're we're literally mm. non-stop moving non-stop moving. constantly have something in our hands always sweating sweating running around running around it's insane and it's, and it's one of those things where i've told you it's like what i there i gain nothing and not getting you your drinks as soon as possible it is my only job that's literally my only job that's, that's why it. whenever people like wave me over as i'm walking i'm like nope i say i say out loud and this is it's I'm like nope i'll literally come in right to you right to you right to you right to you just gotta let me walk i have gotta, to walk there i I'm, can't appear i'm in i'm in roots. you see how i'm walking your direction and i'm looking you in the eye as i'm, I'm walking over to your table you. have you ever stiffed someone i don't think so really good job you what would it take for I someone to get have. stiffed it would take a lot honestly tell me tell me what it would take um what would it take just a lot okay <laughs> tara this is a podcast not a show about can't they just understand what's they happening in my head they can't read it they can't read your brain keep going banter um witty, <laughs> it's witty this banter. is a dirty podcast witty banter <laughs> um what was the question <laughs> um what would cause like what would it actually oh, what would take? It take someone spilling something on me and giving zero fucks like not trying to fix it at all everything coming out wrong and there being no explanation explanation or remedy to it someone being super fucking rude for no reason now would it have to require all of those things at once yeah or okay all right good to know yeah okay have you ever been stiffed (laughs) yeah oh it's as if we work (laughs) at the same place together and know what that feels like all the time for no reason really do you feel like it was no reason? I often feel that way too. I it's the thing is it depends. There are some nights where I could see if maybe like there are some nights where maybe I get like a little short or you can tell they're already kind of in a bad mood and because you can't be there every second that they want you to be. Yeah. It um it's fine. I can kind of understand it a little bit, but but the nature of the job but is the that nature we just of the job. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like I know nights that I haven't been working as hard as I usually do 100%. and I get lazy and sure. I'm like okay well fucking I get it I was you know if I'm especially in the belly room if it's slower I don't want to sit up there yeah for you know hours yeah but for the most part I don't get it because again if it's one of those things where it's like just because you don't see me in your face 24 7 you see me every time I come up to the room I'm preparing a big ass tray you see me talking to people while I'm leaving you know so it, yeah that's it's the same thing. It's like if you if you see me on my phone, if you see yeah. me, if I'm just screwing around with a comic or if I'm talking yeah. to my coworker and just and completely blatantly ignoring, ignoring you, you when you're needing something. Yes. That's a completely different. That's completely different. Yes. And especially agreed. if I haven't been blatantly like everyone has their days. I definitely have days where I'm not in a good mood and I'll catch myself kind of being aggressive to people right off the bat. Sure. For no reason. Like, sure. Well, not for no reason. Where it's like a little thing that I normally would let go annoys me. Yeah, 100%. Or something that you're like, oh, I'm under most circumstances, you would be like, if I were working a normal job where I wasn't interacting with minimum 100 people tonight, yeah. I would totally have the bandwidth for this. Yeah. But it's it's also like, I mean, and I've, I say this all the time, like it's volume, right? It's like mm-hmm. you're going to run into people that are going to be shitty to you yeah. as their server because it's the number of people you're interacting with. That's just what, ha- and the thing, and the thing is what I will say about, my, again, everyone has their days, but for the most part, I think I do a pretty good job at not being like that and working hard. So it's hard when it's like, again, it's people not putting into perspective what your, what your job doing. entails. Yeah. I actually did a show. I worked a show at the comedy club a few weeks ago, or maybe last week even. Yeah. And the host I was dropping off tabs while that because they were doing an hour and I was dropping off tabs and I hurt and I was in the front row and the front row. There's only so much I can do to not be seen. <laughs> and I hate it so much. I hate the front sections. I would so much rather be in the back where I can just feel like I'm not 
not, you know, all 400 people in the room can see me. 100%. But so I was in the front and the guy on stage commented he was like oh so everyone's getting their tabs and i was like fuck i was like he's gonna because usually if they comment on it they're gonna be shitty yep they're gonna be like well blah blah blah. and it's like well we have to do our fucking jobs yes so i was prepared for that and he went the opposite and i thanked him afterwards because he was like so you guys are getting your tabs he goes please 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 make sure you take care of your servers Uh. he goes even an extra dollar or two he goes it'll mean nothing to you he goes but it'll mean they can pay their rent at the end of the month which is pretty cool was that mark ellis because that dude Mm -mm. is so amazing no he's fantastic it was jf harris i don't know i think i don't think i know who that is he's he's really nice i've seen him at the store a couple of times and that was the most interaction we've had yeah and he was just really 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 nice and i told him afterwards i was like i appreciate that so much I was yeah. like, you don't understand the people and he goes no he's like you guys are doing your jobs yeah, why would I wish, we i wish you guys uh, are working hard i wish people understood that I and that's the did. thing it's like it's no one's i well i say no one you know i don't i can't speak for anybody else that works there but i know for the two of us i don't i appreciate comedy yeah i love comedy i love watching it i it's never it would never be my intention to like ruin the show ruin the show or take away from it but at the end of the day i can only make myself so small and i have to drop these tabs off i have to do my job and this is this is the formula as it exists at this particular location like this is just what we do and it's in again if you're in the very if you're in the small room and you're in the very front row i can only i'm not standing up yeah i'm on my knees crawling crawling to to drop it off and that's all i can do (laughs) that's it that's our only option have you ever been fired from a customer service job i mean i guess the counter was like sort of that but not really that i they i quit and then starbucks i quit before they could fire me okay good my district manager wanted to fire me (laughs) you could just and my manager my store manager then told me she told me this afterwards she goes she's been wanting me to fire you but i wanted to talk to you first because i wanted which and this is I think speaks a lot to myself as a worker I think when it's like the partly because they probably didn't want to give unemployment out but my but my manager at Starbucks she told me she goes but I wanted to give you the option to quit because that way you have the opportunity if you ever need to come back and work for Starbucks you have the opportunity no it's because she didn't want you to file for unemployment I know a thousand percent that's what that was but also but also but but I understand to the extent of like because if they fired me. If there was ever a time where I wanted to come back and work for Starbucks, I wouldn't be able to. Not that I would ever want to. Yeah. Would they have a one and done policy? Essentially. Jesus. That's or I think it has to be like a certain amount of time. Maybe. I don't know. Lame. Some corporate bullshit. Corporate bullshit. Okay. What is the worst customer you've ever interacted with? Ooh. Well, there was that one chick who told me that I was just really ruining the vibe of the show when i was trying to do my job (laughs) um what was the context of that (laughs) so there are these shows that we like to call bringer shows and that boo 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 boo. sometimes they're fine comics if anybody if you're doing a bringer show you better make sure your friends are nice people because if you bring a bunch of your shitty friends it sucks sucks there are times where it's great but the the thing is with with a bringer show essentially in order for these comics to be on the show, they have to bring a certain number of people. So they're pressuring their friends. A lot of times they don't tell them it's a two drink minimum. They don't tell them all the details because they just want butts in the seats so they can do their three minutes. And also to interject with that yeah. too, the other thing is, is that you're making money for the producers because the mm-hmm. producers are who actually push you to do that. And so yeah. shows that are considered like a successful bringer show by the person producing the show is only because they get, they get to keep 
100% of the door yep. at the location where we work. Mm-hmm. 100% of the door is kept by the producers. So all the comics and the customers that are mad at us are mad at the location where we work. Be mad at the producer yeah. that didn't clearly communicate it was a two drink minimum and also is the person pocketing 100% of the door. Wait, so how much of the door it's did they take 100% away? 100% of the door. <laughs> I, yeah, so when you don't tell them people suck, they can suck because they're like, I just want to see my friend. Which is nice. They've come to support That's their great. friend and it wasn't communicated to them. So... The thing is, with this room, you're having to talk to people and then they try to be like, no, 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 I'm going to talk to you in a second. And you have the conversation back and forth where you're like, no, I have to do the two drinks now, but I don't want to, but you have to. Do I have to get a drink? Yes, you do. Well, can you just wait? My friend's on stage. I have to take your order now. Because the thing that the, the thing that makes these customers essentially the the almost the worst, not the total worst, but almost the worst, is the fact that they're not. And it's not. Listen, it's customers. It's not your job to necessarily pay attention to our flow. No. But when you are the, you're also going to be the same customer that when I have to then move on to the 30 other tables that I have and take their orders in order, you're going to be throwing up your hands whilst there's a different comic on stage that's not your friend interrupting the show and then standing up or speaking out loud and saying, I need to order. Yep. When it was explained to you that, okay, if I skip you now, you go back into the rotation. So I will be back to you when I you are not a priority you. You for me because you can't be yeah because everybody else who's waiting in their seats to patiently order mm-hmm. also has to get served mm-hmm. even though you can't see the 50 people around you they all also yep. need drinks and also this five minute conversation that you have turned this into Correct. could have been 30 seconds and you could be watching the rest of your friend the problem is that I'm stubborn enough when people do that shit when they just get where I'm just like no no no, I don't give a fuck if your friend's on stage we're gonna have this conversation yep. because what are you because you're trying to you're, you're trying to control how you're I trying to control this. how this is it's yes. a two drink minimum I'm sorry they didn't tell you that beforehand get two fucking bottles of water that's it that's it or two so, sodas which are cheaper yeah just do whatever so anyways it's one of those things where it's just it just bothers me and so what happened with this instance was that the boyfriend was being that person. The girlfriend had already given me money for two bottles of water. And so the boyfriend did the whole thing. He's like, okay, so I have to get, again, we'd had this whole back and forth. And also, can I just jump in? I'm sorry. One more time. I'm jumping in Tara. (laughs) Tara, uh, me, nobody, no, none of the servers see even a mad dollar of the purchase price of that drink. We see none of that. You take it out on us as if we are the people that have to, that have created the two drink minimum. We are enforcing it because if we don't enforce it, we don't have a job. Yeah. I'm not making you get two drinks and arguing with you because I like to do that. Yeah. That's actually my least favorite. I would rather someone vomit on me again than have to go through yet another argument. Tara's looking down like she's like, fuck I don't no, know. I I'm thinking, I'm like, I, don't, I don't know. I don't <laughs> know, know if I would argument. choose that. <laughs> I would literally choose barf on me as opposed to arguing with every other table of like, well, I don't, that wasn't clearly stated. I don't want, to, we've already talked about this. But it's just, this is what makes you the worst. The worst is when you think that we are somehow skimming off the top and taking a piece home. No, the the place where we work receives the full profit of that. Mm-hmm. If you choose to tip us, we'll see money off of that. But most of you of you that are arguing with us about the drinks we just forced you to get so we don't get fired, you won't tip us. And then we now had to pay pay you to take those drinks because yep. part of that money that you didn't tip us on, we are now giving to the bar. Yep. 
for making those drinks. Thank you. I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> I probably made you Just probably lose your train of thought. This. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. I remember this bitch. It's okay. I remember very, <laughs> exactly where I was. So we went on this, when had the whole circle conversation with the guy. Ugh. And then he ends with being like, so I have to get two drinks. And I said, yes. And he goes, and if I don't, you're going to kick me out. And I said, yep. Yes. And he goes, okay. And he stands up and walks out. Great. Bye. And I was like, okay, bye-bye. But again, this is what's also frustrating is that he had already seen his friend. Yeah. So, so he, he got what he so wanted. He, and I was like, fuck it, whatever. I can't, I can't control everything. Well, and we um, can't argue with everybody. No. Because if you get us on certain shows and you come to us and you're like wanting to be combative and argumentative, you're going to get your way, which sucks because I don't want you to. Mm-hmm. I don't want you mm-hmm. to. But also now you've made this five minutes, 10 minutes, and you know, I have to acquiesce to this Yeah. because if I don't, I've now fucked myself for for every other other person. So I just have to let you win sometimes and risk getting fired. Mm -hmm. And that's insane. And with that, I mean, it was early enough in the show that it wasn't a big thing, but then his girlfriend. So I was just like, I forgot. I said something and she was like, you're just, she's like, you're just really ruining the vibe. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, I said, well, well, I'm doing my job. So, (laughs) and she goes, oh, she's like, oh yeah. She's like, well, I'll make sure to tell your manager you're doing your job. And I went, okay, please do. Do you want to talk to him right now? I said, his name is Curtis. Do you want me to bring him up here? (laughs) Please tell him. Maybe I'll get a, maybe I'll get a little special treat. (laughs) Can you also put that on Yelp too? That like, uh, the servers do their job barf. Oh my God. And that's the thing that it has spoiled me. The comedy club has completely spoiled me because you get to t- you that filter is gone yeah and you, it, there's it a certain, has to be yeah because there's this because you have a thing where you have literally if all rooms are full you have about 700 people 700 or maybe less than that no but roughly 350 plus 150 is 500 plus like roughly so like, 600, so like 600. 600 people but twice a night that's 1200 yeah. people in a night yeah. So you have all those people coming in and out. You have lines of people waiting to get in. So it's the thing of like, if you're not going to do, it's not that hard of, it's not a big thing. It's not literally every club, every comedy club in the entire world mm-hmm. has either a two drink or a two item minimum. That is not unheard of. It's Mm-mm. not some weird scammy thing. That's literally how they make their money. And and it's crazy to me too, when people want to argue about how expensive the drinks are, they are expensive. You're, you're, you're in Hollywood. It's expensive. Yeah. yeah. But also you're seeing comics that sell out Madison mm-hmm. Square Garden mm-hmm. at minimum $100 a ticket mm-hmm. for, in some cases, $5. Yep. In some cases, the show is free. In other cases, it was $20. Yeah, the most the most a store-produced show. Store-produced, store-produced, not outside producer. Not outside produced. The most a store-produced show cost is $20. And that's like, I mean, you're seeing, anyway, we're now we're defending it. And now we've said the name of the club and whatever. No, d- just cut it out. Okay, I'm going to. Um, Sorry. No, it's not your fault. I did it too. Okay, what's the best customer? Oh, you know what? The best customer I had was Gene Simmons and his family. I totally agree. I remember that night him. you were, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It he was that is. night that they gave you $20 just to tell me that they wanted chicken wings. Correct. Handed me a $20 bill. And it's not, it's not just the money. It's, it's not, not just because they were pouring money out. I mean, that's always nice. Yeah. Um, they were lovely. They were, vi- but it, but it, but it was, yeah, it was exactly that. It was, they were very nice. Yes. Asked and they for were nothing. patient. Patient. They, they weren't like overly 
crazy with anything. You know, their seats were shitty at first and they needed to move and they were fine. And they did. They were fine with it. They didn't have big heads. They weren't screaming at people waving down. They were very polite. They were fantastic. And they were great audience members. Yep. They had a great time. That I agree with you on that. And they and again, the fact that they were very nice with their money is always nice because it's what the hardest part I think about serving in LA specifically is you have a lot of very rich people or very well-known tons of celebrities, tons of celebrities of of, of, obscenely wealthy, obscenely wealthy people that you see. And then you see them not tip when you hand us a black card of any kind, Mm -hmm. whether it's an Amex black card, which we all know has no limit or any, any of the various black cards that weigh like 10 pounds now. And that's their thing. And you write zero in the tip line. Yeah. I literally it's, don't know what to do. Yeah, because it's one of those things where it's like, again, I've always said this. I have, I would never, ever expect, and it doesn't matter who someone is or how much money no. they have, I would never expect them to come in and tip me an exorbitant amount of money. That's yes. not what I want. But You can give me $5 can, on 50. Yeah, but like you can tip me 20%. Mm-hmm. You can tip me 20%, so I'm walking away with 15%. Yeah, or you, you can tip me at all, full or you stop. Can tip, just at all. <laughs> just tip. Yeah, tip. that's what's I think that's what's crazy to me. And yeah, and it's <sighs> but so it's nice when people appreciate the fact that you are doing a job and yes. that you're working hard. Yes. And yeah, I'm yes. about to go into a whole lot of tangent. I get it. Have you ever been rendered speechless by an experience at any of your jobs where you were just like, I literally have nothing to say? Yes. <laughs> it's a <laughs> Sarah's smiling story. so big right now. Please um, tell. So I was eight. 19 I think I was 18 when I started working at Starbucks and this is like the first couple of years that I was there and Starbucks you know are known for having a lot of homeless people coming in and around and you have some regulars and you know who to look out for whatever so there was this old woman who was mentally ill like she definitely had schizophrenia or something along those lines but it was because she would have outbursts which was scary yeah that and she would always come in every day at least once or twice a day and ask for a sample of coffee and it's one of those things where it's like it's easier just to give Give it it to her and go away than anything else and at one point there was like no one else in the store and everyone else that was working went to the back. So I was up there by myself and she walked in and I was like, oh, no, oh, God, <laughs> no, what's going to happen? Help. So she came up and it was fine. Then she's like, can I get a sample of coffee? And I said, yeah. So as my back is turned to her and I'm pouring the coffee, she goes, you're the one who fucked my husband, aren't you? And I was like, oh, God. And I froze up and I was like, what the fuck? And she goes, because he's not really my husband. I don't know who told you that. And I was like, I'm, and I'm like 19 at this oh point. I was like, God. oh my God, what do I, I was like, am I going to turn around and she's going to have a knife? A knife. Does yes. she think like, cause it, I immediately go to the worst possible scenario in my brain. I'm like, what if she tries to jump across the counter? What do I do? Like full on panicking. And so I just decided to just ignore her and pretend like she that didn't say didn't anything <laughs> and then turned around and went, here you go. Bye bye. Have a nice day. <laughs> And walked straight to the back (laughs) before anything. And then she, and then she left without saying anything else left and then screamed at the person who was walking through the door the same time as she was. Good. But I just remember that panic of like, uh, help, help. (laughs) And you always have that moment of panic. Like any, it's the same thing when I'm like going through TSA 
And there's that moment where I like, I've obviously never slept with someone's husband, but there's that part of me that's like, oh my God, did I do something that 100%, I don't remember? 100%. Is there, are there rules I'm not following? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know I'm not it's following. It's like when you go through TSA, I'm like, what if I accidentally have a gun on me <laughs> that I've never, never owned had before a gun. in my entire life? <laughs> Just because you've been accused, you're like, oh fuck, yeah. did this happen? <laughs> like, oh my God, what if I don't remember? I, like, so, what is I totally identify with that. And then uh, what's the rudest thing you've ever said to a customer? Ooh, I might have to think about that. Okay. Think about it. Let me see. I've never, the rudest thing I've ever said to a customer would be at the comedy club because of the sheer volume um, of insanity, volume of insanity and mm-hmm. leeway that we have there. You don't have to totally tell on yourself if you don't want to get specific. No, I honestly, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of something. I'm sure there have been instances, but I have a tendency, like, unless it's something really major, I tend to just be like, once it's gone, it's over. I'm like, ah, but I don't remember Good until job, something you. like triggers and I'm like, oh, right. And then this story, but the most, hmm, probably have you ever told anyone to like shut up because they were being loud during the show? Oh yeah. Okay. Multiple times. I mean, things like that. I mean, yeah. like I've been we do those every shift, every shift. I mean, I remember there was a, um, a group of guys and the one friend kept on like, raising his hand and being like, Hey, every time they needed something. And he was the one out of all of them. And I was like, Hey, you got to stop. I was like, I'm going to get to you as soon as I can, but you, but you can't keep doing what you're doing. It's disturbing everyone around you. And it's completely everyone around you, everyone. And it's completely unnecessary. And then he kind of kept on doing it. And I went to his friends and I said, look, I've already had this conversation. I said, if he, if he yells for me one more time, you guys can't stay. Good for you. I was like, this is ridiculous. There was, uh, there was a time that a guy in the very front row was filming Rogan and had, and did it the first time. And I ran over to him and I was like, you can't do that. And you have to delete it in front of me. And he was like, are you kidding me? And I was like, yes. And so he like deletes it or whatever. I think I'm pretty sure I saw that. Then he thinks he's being slick and puts the phone like all oh, the way God. down on his lap. And I can see him recording again. Yeah. And I go up to him and I was like, I'm going to have to kick you out. You are not allowed to record him. These are very strict rules. And he was like, oh my God, Rogan is on stage this entire time and in the front row. And I'm like, this is so embarrassing. And I hope, I pray he didn't see me. He does it a third time. And then I just tell security, I was like, he's got to go. And so they go up to him and he was like, he goes, bitch under his <gasps> breath and then crosses out because it was an autograph because it was a party of I think there were six of them like all in the front row so it was uh-huh. an autograph scratches it out and like writes the the total without the autograph sorry that's not how it works boo that's not how it works and also you were filming three separate times yeah I could have kicked you out after the first one but because I made you delete it I didn't and then <sighs> his friends were like I don't know like at the end of the show they were like what happened with him and I was like he was filming a, a comic and they were like where does it say we can't do that and I was like well they tell you they tell you at the top of the show if you've ever been in public before you've probably interacted with people that were testing out their art and didn't want it recorded and also they tell you this isn't a fucking concert this isn't a concert and also like they tell you yeah I'm so sorry were you here because it also you. says it outside on the building mm-hmm. and you were the first row you were for sure sitting down when you had the announcement correct you Fuckers. were seated when it happened I love when people pretend like they can't hear shit what I what? there was a time I think I told you about this or the uh 
Oh no, I will say, I will say the rudest I've been to a customer, honestly, yeah. was probably not even serving. It was when I was working cover booth and people would come up and bother me when they were on the wait list. That's what I was that would, remembering. That would, ha- yeah, that's what I, that would have. I was, I see again, we just have to talk I more. Know. And it's then okay. I, and then I'm like, oh, right, okay. this story. <laughs> because again, the most frustrating thing when I worked cover booth is that when you get sold out, you have a thing, you know, people don't understand why they have to wait or it's whatever. It's like, look, I have this amount of people sold already, these seats. I have to save these seats until a certain time. I will call your name if we're able to get you in. If we don't call your name by this time, come and check in with me. That's what I would always tell them. Sure. And so there was this group of guys, <laughs> this group of guys one time, or that was one. It was one guy out of like this three, this three, three pull, thruple, 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 thruple of humans. Um, that kept on like literally every five minutes, kept on coming up and checking. Come on. And this is being like, are there seats? Are there seats? Yeah. Can we see? This happened two different times. The first time it happened was this one an- really annoying kid who I told you, Curtis, had to like throw down a few oh, yeah, days after out. because yeah. he would show up. He was showing up like every night for weeks on end. It's too much. And being crazy. And when he was doing it, I said, look, I'm going to call your name when we get seats. I said, but if you come up here one more time before before 945, you're not getting in. Good job, you. I was like, this is fucking annoying. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> so that's the rudest thing Tara said it to someone. That, also facts. And then Big facts. And then the other time was the the thruple guy that was doing the same thing. He kept on coming up. And I was like, dude, and I told him, I was like, I don't gain anything by not letting you in the room. Yeah. I don't know why you guys like, think we have the master keys to some experience you, we're keeping yeah, you from. Like, like the, we gain nothing. Yeah. No one's blowing you in your seat. Like we are not keeping you from yeah. the most transcendent night of your life. Like no. we there's there's just no space. There's there's literally no space. And oh. I remember they were being like well, you can't, I was, they were like, you can't get us in. And I said, no. And I said, they're like, not even if you're, if we're really nice. And I was like, well, you should be nice anyways. Good job, and you. no. And no, D- a double no. And no, now, and actually. Like, well, what if, they're like, well, what if we like give you some money? And I said, no, because that's the problem. Again, I'm very stubborn. Yeah. I am very stubborn, yeah, which I'm learning more and more <laughs> as the longer I've been at this job, because I used to try to be like, no, I'm not stubborn. And then things have happened. I'm like, oh, oh no, I'm, I'm incredibly stubborn. I'm very stubborn. Yeah. Well, you and I are both stubborn and we're both about the principle. And when you're about <laughs> the principle, it's a hard place to work because you want the justice. It's justice. And so they were like, and it, again, it depends on the bribe. If someone, if someone actually puts down a hundred bucks, that's different than them just talking to you about it. Yeah. And being like, I'm pretty. So that's what happened with this guy is that he, they were like, oh, well, what if we give you some money? I was like, no, I'm not. Not doing it. You can't commit. There's literally no space. And he was like, so you're telling me if I put money down, you wouldn't let me in. And I said, yeah. And he goes, if I put five, you're saying if I put $500 in front of you, you couldn't let me in. And I said, if you put $500 in front of me. I'll figure we'll something have a out. conversation. I said, but you just have, you just saying $500 doesn't change anything. <laughs> just saying like, numbers. Yeah. Isn't really. You're just saying, anything. but yeah. What if I gave you a thousand dollars? Sure. Sure. Yes. You the, got it. The answer is a resounding. Yes. Where is it? Give me. Show me. <laughs> show me now. So that's yeah. Oh man. Well guys, now we're on to the good stuff. We hope you saved room for dessert. Tara, what was the nicest thing a customer has done for you while you were working? Hmm. Oh, that's sad that it's, you can't just think of it. I know. I really can't. That makes me sad. Um, That means it doesn't happen. When I worked at Starbucks, there were, there was a couple that would, there were, you know, regulars that would come in. They would be there every day. And I feel, I feel so bad that I don't remember their names. I think once I left that place, I blocked so much out because it. it was no, I get so it. crappy, but like there would be customers that would come in and like, you know, during Christmas they would bring us gifts 
Aww. Or, you know, if it was, even if it was just like a candy basket or something like that, that so, was always so sweet. That was always really appreciated. Do that for places and for the people that work in customer service that you're a regular of. When yeah. I bartended, people used to do that for me. It's really, it's, it's just, just really, sweet. it's really nice. And yeah. it's, a, it's a small gesture that means a lot and goes a long way. Yeah. They used to give me like uh, holiday cards with 20 bucks in them. And it's like, yeah. I, yeah, that's, yeah. that might be nothing to them, but it meant so much. And it means you, a lot. Yeah. And you also will remember that and give them great service. Mm-hmm. Not that you wouldn't before. That and then at work when um, you have your hands full and this is, sounds so stupid, but it really does mean a lot. Um, like when you can't reach people and there's people that realize it and yep. like will help yep. either grab, grab it, like, the drinks and set it down or pass it down. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you for seeing, seeing that I am human. Because my favorites, whenever you're like that and people just stare at you and you're like, yeah. can you see how I can't go anywhere? Yeah. Or they're trying to order from you help. and you have, a, you have 50 drinks in front of you. Yeah. What's the best lesson you've learned in customer service? Ooh, um, patience. Oh, that's true. And to get over myself. That's interesting. What do you mean? In terms of like, there's part of me that goes in where it's like, well, if you've had a shitty day or you do this, there's that part of me that's like, okay, fucking you're at work. Like it it still seeps through every now and again, but there's that other part of me that's like, just because I'm in a shitty mood or because I'm whatever, doesn't mean that these, these people are here, especially like these people are here to see a show. They're here to have fun. Let them do that. Let them like, don't assume it's it's like, I'm not assuming that everyone's out to get you because there's some because yeah. there's some people that have that mentality where yes. it's like if someone's rude to you or if if it's someone personal. has an immediate it's you take it personally it's like and no, it you immediately can't. becomes this thing and I've learned to not because you can't and survive at that job it's too fast but also being at a place like last night there were pe- like there were people that were just in real shitty moods and I was like bummed because I was actually like in a good mood yeah and then you go and you just hear people that every time their back is running and they're immediately being super aggressive and rude to customers for no for for no reason and then it sets the room off it's that we have to pick up those pieces too even if they're not our customers yeah and so it's it was just kind of like oh i don't i don't like this and when you see it on someone else you realize how unappealing and unattractive it is sure and again, I still have moments, obviously. We all but, do. But I tr- that's something that I've, especially the last few years, have tried really hard to not, but especially because my last few years at Starbucks and at the counter were so bad because I let myself sink into that depressive caring about it and this like, isn't what i want to do i care too much and that i care too much but yet not at all yeah oh it's a like, weird limbo yeah of like, um, i care about this and i don't and i'm trying and i really really like the job that i have now and yeah. i wanted i don't want to be there for like a super long time god help me but for right now it's the first time you know in the years that i've lived in la that i've been able to have one job and be fine and not point. have to be working multiple jobs because like to, there was that six months that was even before I started working at the comedy club, there was a time, I mean, I was still doing that for a couple of years before that, where I was, it was just constant two or three jobs, not really sleeping. That's when I got like my hip tendonitis. Oh, sure. And, and that's when you think you're like, you're like, oh, but I'm out here doing what I love. No, you're not. You're constantly working yeah. just to get by. And then what's the point? And so I think, I think the pros vastly outweigh the cons with this current job. And I'm, so I'm trying, and I, just as a person, I'm trying hard to not, or like catch myself if I'm slipping into like that kind of depressive aggressive angry thing which is easy to do there. which is very easy to do yeah and just try to check myself good job you so it's made me more self-aware that's huge um okay so last question what's one piece of advice that you would give to customers who interact with customer service workers of any kind Ooh, i would say it's the same thing don't assume they're out to get you don't assume anything is personal take a look around and be aware of the situation. Again, Ooh. no one is perfect. There are some really shitty servers. Oh yeah, we work with some assholes. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there's going to, and there's like everywhere you go, there's going to be some shitty servers. There's going to be something you see that's going to piss you off or there. And that's just how it happens. You're not going to interact with a, like a fluffy bunny every time. <laughs> you just can't. You go it's not possible. The majority of the time. Yeah. You won't. But I think that's the, I think that's the big thing in general is just interacting with people is just having empathy or trying to have some sort of understanding yeah. to a certain, obviously to a certain extent, sure. you don't want to get walked all over, but just being aware of like, Hey, it's not just about me. It's not just about me. They're for sure working on other tables. Yeah. They probably, you know, and just, I usually, if I'm out and something's happening, I usually give the server like a pass or two if I feel like they've forgotten something. Yeah. Just because I'm like, it may be on their radar. I have no idea. Yeah. Or what order it's I, in. Yeah, exactly. You've got a laundry list of shit in your brain that you're trying to go through and check off. Yep. And sometimes if you don't go on that order, you forget everything. 100%. Or if someone interrupts you with a question, you're like, yeah. fuck. Like, yeah. no. And yeah. so, I, th- you know, I think just being aware of that, you're not the most important person in the room. Oh, what a great way to end. You are not the most important person in the Everything room. Everything sucks. The world's on fire. <laughs> no one cares. She doesn't, she doesn't, she doesn't mean that. It's not that bad. And that's how we're in. Um, great. Thanks, Tara. I'm going to edit that out, you dick. No. Um, hey, how can people get in touch with you, Tara? Oh, let's see. Well, my phone number is. Oh, don't do that. No, I don't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, don't do that. I, I, I guess Instagram. That's really the okay. only thing I'm on. What's your, well, you have to give us your handle. No. Okay, great. So just Instagram, guys. <laughs> just look up a just Tara Robinson. Just vaguely look up Instagram. What is my Instagram? It's, I think it's almost Teradice. It's almost underscore Teradice. Spelled T-A-R-A, though like paradise with a T? Yeah. Okay, got it. Almost Teradice. Yeah. Is, so IG's it? Yeah, um, no, I, te- I, I guess I technically have a Twitter, but I don't really use it. Okay. And no website? Not yet. I okay. need, I'm bad hey, at that. No, stuff. You're not, who cares? It's all changing. It's it's going to be wrong in a day anyway. I who know. Cares? And uh, how can people see you in past episodes of things that have already aired? Hint, is there anything on Netflix? Ooh. Or um, Amazon? Well, you can see me at the comedy club. No, <laughs> please don't. Yeah, please don't come visit us please there. Please don't. And hopefully we'll never make a reference to which one it is, but you guys have probably figured it out. Funny. <laughs> oh, Tara. Um, wait, what was the question? How I do people, love, like, that, where's that the witch files? That espresso is out of yeah, my brain Yeah, now. you got real tired. I got real, it's gone. <laughs> what is, um, how's the way that they can watch the witch files or oh, NCIS yeah. or how um, they- So the witch files is on Netflix. Okay. I think it's still on Netflix and Amazon Prime. Okay, great. NCIS LA was the ninth season. So I don't know if that's, it might be on Hulu or like, I think the CBS All CBS Access. All Access yeah. I think it might still be on there. And then yeah. my Criminal Minds episode was season 13, which is, I don't think, on Netflix yet, but is still is on the CBS All, Access, All Access. And then my Station 19 episode is, I think they're premiering it in January. Amazing. And I'm the second episode of that. Second episode of that season? Yeah. Okay. So will it be season two? Season three. Three. Season Season three, three, episode episode two. two. You can see her on that. Yeah. Well, guys, we're going to drop trying everything. Oh, God. She does that a lot. Uh, Thank Uh you so much for listening. If you want to help us out here, service from hell. Leave a five-star review on iTunes or tell your friends to listen or do both. It will help us reach more people that need to be schooled on the art of being kind and will be catharsis for those of us still working in the industry. Remember, if you can't afford a tip, you can't afford to go out. So don't be garbage and be good to people. It's easier that way. Thank you, Tara, for being here. Yeah. Don't be assholes. Don't be assholes. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will (laughs) see you next week. That's Kate farting. No, wait, it's not. That didn't happen. Ugh.